Welcome back to The Dog Days, episode four, where in this episode, we speak to my come up founder, Leonard Sikionda, about goal setting, strategizing, and his life in the Philippines. This is The Dog Days, with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar, and Ian McKenzie. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Dog Days, episode four, where I'm joined by my co-podcasters, Ian McKenzie, Junior Eldstyle. Hello, hello. And the wonderfully busy, infamous Leonard Sikionda. How you doing, mate? You okay? I'm amazing, thank you. Fantastic. Glad to be here. Oh, thank you for coming along. Thank um, and, and let me give you a real introduction because I think it's, it's definitely worth, worth doing. Um, Leonard is the founder, sole founder, of My Come Up World, which is a platform that connects entrepreneurs, um, not only entrepreneurs, 125,000 entrepreneurs, Correct. to investors and creatives. Um, and it's an amazing platform that we'll go into in, in a bit. But we're also keen to to explore your background and obviously how you got to that. Yeah. Um, digging back into your background, you've done wonderful things like going to the Philippines and starting a recruitment company at a very young age. Um, and so we want to learn a bit more about that. But I think fundamentally, the reason why we're so brought into you as a person is because you carry some very dog day traits. Yeah. Um, not only are you are ambitious, but you're connected and you're, you're a fighter. Even sitting here, what was it, five minutes ago, saying that you don't really rest. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Firstly, Ian, do you want to speak up, mate? Say something. <laughs> <laughs> this is our third take, guys, by the way. Ollie's made us start again. Ollie's messed up twice. No, I'm joking. No, so thank you That's for joining us. That's a lovely us. intro, Oliver. Thank you. Thank you so Amazing. much. Third Amazing. take. We're there, baby. We are there. Um, so before we go on, Leonard, how are you doing today? You haven't slept, have you? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I'm on different time zones. I just got back from L.A., I don't know if I'm dragging this excuse over. Mm. It's been a few days now, but I'm just adjusting because I was there for two weeks, so I really got the body clock on that side. Of wow. What, what were you doing out there? Um, I was meditating, working out, um, going into the new year, and then I had a few meetings just towards the end just to set up some of the things we're going to be doing out there. Uh, we want to do a, a, our launch event in LA as well Amazing. at some point. March. I saw you did a launch event that Junior was invited yeah, to. Yeah, I was yes. there. It was amazing. Thanks for the invite, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I had a plus one, uh, to be fair. Yeah. I did not bring you. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go yeah. on, I, gu I guess it's quite important to understand um, a better description of what My Come Up World is about. Yeah. Um, how would you describe it to someone that's never heard about it before? Yeah. Well, today, I think um, we've developed tremendously um, from where we, where we started. It was a blog. My Come Up initially started as a blog. Uh, around 2009 and we were the first this is before Instagram mm. this is before entrepreneurship was honestly I, I believe cool mm. because um, a lot of people weren't exposed to um, young people being entrepreneurs mm. they weren't exposed to people that maybe weren't I mean I think the image of an entrepreneur was more like an Alan Sugar yes uh, a Donald True. Trump yeah. um, <laughs> kind of all the best be, ones yeah, out this there is being honest uh, yeah. Richard Branson <laughs> Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, a, it was a, it was an aspiration, but it never seemed immediate. And I think what we did as a blog was we kind of brought examples of unconventional entrepreneurs that were, you know, even in the hip hop industry, from the Russell Simmons, the, mm. you know, the Dame Dashes, the Diddies, the, you know, just kind of making it more relatable to people that maybe haven't had the most um, conventional, structured upbringing. Mm. And the blog really blew up because it was the first. I mean. 
if I take it back, the real cause of it, the real aim of the blog was to, I used to go to the Philippines. Um, great, great place, I, by the way. Yeah, am I, am I going to go too far? Um, it's all right, we went to Malaysian Bex last week, so it's <laughs> fine. Go as far as you want, <laughs> fact, Let me, just, let me <laughs> just explain the platform and I'll go back okay, to the yeah, Philippines. But essentially, the platform today, um, I, 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 uh, it started as a blog, mm. um, motivational. We used to do words of wisdoms on YouTube. They blew up. They used to be. We used to basically research the best interview tips and just create compilations and give them to individuals. So we had one for Diddy. We had one for Fifty Cent. We had one from. Um, well, they would they would Sugar. film it. You would film no, them. No, we would just go on YouTube and get an archive of their interview and their best bits ah, of advice okay. and put yeah, them nice. as a compilation. Nice. Nice. And that really blew up on on YouTube. Um, and our blog was you know getting really big views. We had P Diddy see it. He supported us. Retweeted it. We had Swiss Beats. We had. You know, 50 Cent had a lot of Americans really co-signing what we were doing. Were you still using my comment as the branding for this? Yes, that okay. was just cool. a blog. So that, that, I mean, it was a hobby at the time. It wasn't like a business. It was more like... Was that with Deji? Deji. Yes, that's correct. Deji, with Deji, yeah. yeah. So it was more like a thing of just... Because um, for me, I was watching these guys when I was in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And it was what was steering me. And I think there wasn't a platform at that time that was, you know, showing people um, like me. Um, mm -hmm. That you know, I, I was more practical than theoretical. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't go to university, um, but I believed in my my emotional confidence and my practical confidence. And I think when I was in places like the Philippines at the time, I'd watch interviews of Dame Dash walking into a boardroom and yeah. spazzing out, and watch um, anything that Diddy or Fifty Cent or all these you know you know uh, music moguls were were doing. And I and I really got wind of you know law of attraction and all of these things. And there wasn't anywhere online that was showcasing this i yeah. feel like it was more um uh, businesses you know a practical thing and i realized that from these books i was reading there wasn't a place where you could go and learn yes you know you could be ambitious but you also can look at the spiritual side and mm. books that were empowering so the blog was very unique in that sense because it was the first time that was being displayed i'd say mm. um in one place and then as the youtube started to blow um we started to get you know really big attraction and as that happened it was it was a great thing and a bad thing because I think it was great because it was the first time um, we realized the power of a blog because it was going from like 500 visitors a, a day to 10,000 unique visitors yeah. a day, you know, pretty much through like the likes of these celebrities endorsing it. Um, and then we got brands contacting that wanted us to market them um, and paid us. And I was like, oh, this really makes money. <laughs> um, At this point, you're like, no one's going to find out. Yeah. And... And I'll, I'll tell the story when it goes back to, to you know, my transition into making it more of my main thing. Um, but as that happened, my real, my real goal was like, we need to understand who these people are because Google wasn't giving us the information. We were getting um, small information like, you know, male, female percentage. So there's no like in-depth yeah, analytics. Yeah, there's no in-depth analy analytics. Mm. And I felt like that was our weakness because what happens if one day we want to, hit these people up again or yeah, you know, communicate with them. So my goal was to turn it into a community. That was just my initial goal. It was never to be into tech. It was mm. just like, I want to know who these guys are. Nice. Funny um, you should say that because <laughs> when I went to your launch event, actually, mm. um, one thing I would say is like normally when you, I've been to a lot of events before and when you go sort of meet people and sometimes it, it comes across quite pretentious and stuff and you can't really, you don't feel like you could talk to people. But yeah. at your event specifically, it was more of a community and people yeah. were just interacting with each other. Okay. Everyone's getting on and it felt more like a community yeah. instead of mm -hmm. like a nice. event that everyone just goes to and just sort of shows up kind of thing. So normal events yeah. you yeah. go to. Huh? The other 
I've been to Versace, Gucci. That's kind of them. Yeah, and it's true because there's been so many interpretations of business over the years. But for me, it was really about understanding and finding a way to keep that relationship and understand how we can improve it more. And then you had the likes of Instagram that came into the picture and, you know, where, where people used to come to us to see the latest Diddy bit of advice or quote or hear, you know, the routine that Mike Tyson does. They could now go to Diddy himself directly on his yeah. Instagram. So luckily we made that transition just before, you know, so we managed to turn it into community 2014. Um, and as that happened, I then realized, okay, this is a platform, but we need to do more than motivate because motivation is beyond, you know, where people are today. I think people see Kylie Jenner mm. from Forbes, you know, selling products through Instagram. So I don't think they're just sitting there saying, oh, I want to be motivated. It's like, how do I get in? So as it's developed, we've realized uh, not only do we want to make people um, network with each other, but we also want to be a platform that helps them to elevate on a practical level through funding so um now what the platform does is it ba basically matches we have an algorithm and every week it matches our users with each other based on what they're looking for so if it's funding mentorship uh, new associates um their interests their location and then every week our system matches you with connections which you can basically look through and if you like you can swipe and connect wow, cool. um, and then we also provide uh premium content for our users so we interview entrepreneurs and influential people that are from you know really good positions from all around the world mm. and break down their story uh, yeah i like the one you did on, on reese yeah so we do things of, yeah we do things like Manny that Devoir. um and and really the goal is to make a community which is not only online but also offline mm. where people are are able to to exchange ideas collaborate and kind of take away this whole title element of like it being about following and you know being more about you know unfortunately the day we're in doesn't represent exactly where people are at, out are at you know mm. and i think there are a lot of people that are doing you know freelance stuff and making money um but they're not communicating with others and sharing resources so it's really about making a space where we're matching people with each other and at the it's same quite time a collaborative tool then. yeah so that's interesting so but just going back into you saying that it's not a very the time we have we live in now isn't demonstrative of where we are now mm. what does that what does that kind of mean so what it means is i think there's a there's a very uh what I've noticed is there's almost like a reward in selling the idea of being an entrepreneur yes, as opposed to achieving. So I think people are more prone to focusing on having a photographer to take photos of them than having a business. <laughs> than having as a, I'm yeah. hearing the, the shutters <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kieran, that yeah. wasn't you, mate. That wasn't about you. <laughs> but I think they're more focused on having a, a look or look like an entrepreneur yeah. than actually doing the boring part, which is, you know, the filing of a business, the, the planning, the strategy, mm. the, cash the flow actual cash flow, the actual responsibility. And I think because of that, people kind of miss the, uh, the line between perception and reality. I mm. think so social media think plays a mad part now, I think. Big because time. you just literally see all these people, like we, we talk about social media all the time, but all these like entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. my little two fingers there, mm -hmm. and they portray this life of how easy it actually is. Yeah. But that's why we sort of, we're starting this because the dog days, evidently, mm. we talk about the struggles, we wanna actually, you know. That's why yeah. I specifically tried to not position myself as an entrepreneur because I know I haven't been 
as successful as I want mm. to be in business yet. Yeah. So I wouldn't until, and I wouldn't even if I was successful show that I was being successful. But I, I think the, the titles are dead now. You know, it's yeah. not being a LinkedIn ninja, fucking backlink <laughs> podcast. It's all bollocks. You know, I think we, I really want, um, you know, these conversations in particular to document that struggle, mm-hmm. and and actually that leads me on to my my question because it wasn't it wasn't always that easy for Leonard, was nope. it? Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear more about the Philippines because I. Yeah. Firstly, how did you end up in the Philippines? Uh, Where did that come from? <laughs> Today I asked myself that question. No, it had to happen. Um, so I, I'll, I'll take it back to, to, to my college days. I, w- I made it to college. And I say made it. Um, I think I was just about the same as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I made it to college. Well done, mate. <laughs> and it was a time, and I think this is, a, this is uh, I'm 29 now. So this was a time when, um, you know, you're at the age, I think, especially then, there wasn't so much access to information. There wasn't like, the internet was still, it was a tool, maybe Facebook, maybe put your friends and family up, but it wasn't, it was very, you were very present at that time. So when you're going through exams and stuff like that, you really felt the whole mood of your life being based around exams. Mm-hmm. And I remember I took on a part-time job. I was working in a uh, customer service company in Vauxhall, in, uh, for Vauxhall, sorry. So I'd call the, cu- uh, the clients up and I'd say, did you get your car? Did you get the package? And and it was good because I got a part-time job. And I think at that time, you know, money was important to me. I grew up with a single parent. I wanted to just make sure I had some income. But it didn't work going alongside with sixth form and A-levels because uh, it just, I think I just got through the GCSEs through knuckling down towards the end. But A-levels just requires a serious ele- element of like attention. And it was affecting me uh, grade-wise. Um, and that also, st- and I realized, and I definitely look back now, and I think I, it, it also started to affect me mentally. I started to question myself, you know, because it's quite a public thing when you are with your peers and you guys all laugh and then you all get the result and you're like, oh, I got the D. Mm. And <laughs> and that was, was Katie, by the way. And you're, <laughs> like, yeah. and you're like, wait, wait, we were all joking here. Where, are you guys going home with an extra work or something here? Because I, I remember us all chilling and playing jokes in the class, <laughs> but you guys are still getting these Cs and Bs. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah. Am, I, am, I, am I a bit dumb? Also, who's dude? Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> so it, start, it started to make me question myself. And I think there was a very um, pivotal moment for me, especially in um, college where... I sat there and I thought, flip, is this, what am I going to do? And I remember the UCAS started. And while I was working at the, uh, while I was working at the telesales uh, company, um, a lady, she realized I was really like, I was, I've always been motivated. So I w- anything I do, I want to excel in it. So I would be uh, there on time. I'd get the best feedback from the people on the telephone. So she saw something in me. And it was strange, and even now I look at it now, she saw something in me, she used to tell me to say stuff like, oh, you're going to be great. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just like doing my job. And she's like, no, but you're still very hungry, you're still very young. And then she suggested a, she, she suggested a book to me, right? And I never read. I, I think I used to get forced to read books. It was almost like a punishment. It was like, go in your room and read. It was like, my view of books was like that, or it was like, mm. school, you have to read it. And then mm. I'd freestyle it when I get in, because I didn't read it last night. But she off, she suggested me to read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. And... um. And not only did she suggest it, but she brought it in and gave it to me. And there was something that was unique about it because one, you know, it just sounded alternative. It sounded different. It sounded like she she personally wanted, she needed to give it to me. Um, So I read it and I read the first few pages. Like I'm getting into this. I'm like, whoa. And then I I started to read it and realize, whoa, like this is the first book I'm reading here that's like talking positive to me. It's like, and this is a time where everything is kind of dark as far as, career and your life goes i mean i I was always a happy person but i remember thinking well what am i gonna do but when i read it it was talking about you know being self-employed and investments and you know going into property and i was like wow this is this is 
this is blowing my mind up. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm reading, and, I, and I'm, I'm even, lo- I'm in my room, like, damn, look, you're reading, like you're, you're <laughs> yeah. reading a book, you're, you're going home and reading. Why do you so, think? Do you know what's funny, right? Because you said four things there. What was it? You just said like property and all that stuff. Yeah. None of that stuff happened at school, so no, no. wonder it was confusing. Because I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I was shit at school. GCSEs terrible, dude. That was me. Mm-hmm. But then the minute I saw a book that was like, you can make loads of money and be really successful and be happy, I'm suddenly reading it. Yeah. None of that was at school. It, nah. it, didn't, it didn't offer that. And that's, that's the truth. Like, I think that it, the perspective was what shifted there. Because it was the first time I had heard um, a, a positive incantation to myself with a possibility. Mm. Because I don't think at that time, and probably still now, that the educational system uh, offers the idea of possibility it just offers facts right you pass you fail mm. where the that book offered me a possibility and i remember reading it and i got to the end of it and i was like you know what i'm going into property and this is 2000 and this is just bef- this is when the crash happens like right. i'll go into that but so i remember going in and then um i went in and then they was uh the school took us to a trip to new york right and somehow I'm all, I, I do these kind of things but I somehow got away with putting 20 pound down and I was, the trip was like 400 pounds <laughs> right <laughs> somehow in, I put the deposit school. down yeah. I put the deposit down I go on the trip I'm like oh they're letting me I still come on the trip with just a deposit G- get back I'm like, oh no one said anything wow. so then um but then at this point I had realized I'm like listen um I got back from New York I read had read that book I was still working part-time and I was like you know what I, I think I'm gonna try and do this you know the, going to property so I didn't fill the UCAS form out, right? And a lot of the other students that was filling it out, and I rem- and I it was it was almost like I knew it wasn't for me. The U- I just knew it in my in my heart, my gut. I just knew I'd be lying, mm. so I didn't fill it. And then uh, on the last day uh, of school, um, when you come to get the results, um, I walked in and I was like, I remember it was it was like a morgue. It was like some people were crying, some people had <laughs> failed. I was like, oh my God, what am I about to accept? Because I just knew that that day was gonna define me. For so, you know, like you just know it's gonna define mm, you. Yeah. And I couldn't take it anymore because I had already seen a few Ds, you know, I had seen yeah. the Ds. I was like, oh, if I go in here and I see a flipping D, what am I, I'm gonna walk out of D on my face. So I remember <laughs> walking in there slow motion and I walked into the room <laughs> and then the teacher's like, yeah, so um, we have this contract you've got to sign. I was like, what? It was like, yeah, well, in order for you to get this result, you have to sign this document and it basically makes you pay, you owe us 300 pounds, even if you finish school. Now you're right. And then you get the results. And I was like, so basically, I've this, I'm finishing school and for me to get my document, I have to sign, right? A uh, disclaimer that I'm going to pay back the 300 pound yeah. on a payment plan. Was this for New York? or yeah. just this is for that New York show. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I remember looking and it was like, Eureka, I was like, no. <laughs> 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 and I turned around and I walked out and I never got my result. And Did I was like, no, today? I didn't get till still today. I think we and you I need think, to call him up now. No, I don't want to know. And I think it was so defined. from LA. It was so <laughs> I remember, and I remember telling my friend, I'm like, ah, I don't know, I'm forget, I don't want to know it. And I remember thinking to myself, because I remember how it felt like thinking, even when results were happening before that, and I was like, oh, it was hitting me. And I thought, if I had got my result, what, a, you know, just the f- idea of getting an E and then walking in civilization, you start to think, oh, I can't really do things. You know, You're branded. I'm, I'm yeah. an E, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. What, what am I doing? Yeah. Dreaming. I'm a, I should be focused on getting a D. There are many so girls that left like, college that were focusing on getting the D, but you're yeah, not one of them. You're yeah, not one of them. I don't, yeah, and, and after that, after like walking away from that experience, uh, I think I left with a possibility. 
and I and I didn't know. In my head, I could have got an A. I still think I got an A. Love but it could have been a, it could have been <laughs> yeah. but I'd rather give myself the perspective of what it was as opposed to straight A's, the reality, baby. right? So yeah, I left with straight A's. Yeah, that no one's seen and I haven't seen. Quid. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I did exactly so free trip to New York. Like it. So then I went to New York and you get an A. It's awesome. Yeah, and then so then after that, um, um, I wanted to get into property. That was the first thing. Then I wanted to get into sales. But this is when the recession hits. This is bad. This is this is the recession. This is when people are walking out in boxes in Canary Wharf at Black Rock and just like it's the bad time. So like property, like is like a crazy thing to want to get into. So I wanted to work at an estate agent. I wanted to get into sales. So I remember it's borrowing us. Oh, it's funny, just in Rich Dad Poor Dad. Obviously, it says. But that's the best time to get into property. Yeah, when 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 it, down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, so I was very optimistic. Regardless, I was optimistic. I was like, because after that, which I poured out, I got more books. I got um, uh, Think Rich, Grow Rich. I got um, that's a sick book. How, how to Win Friends, Influence People. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. I, I haven't yeah. read that yet. I got Donald Trump. Nah. Think big. Think big. Yeah. Big I DT. Can't, yeah. I can't. Yeah, you can't, before, yeah, no, you can't is, read it now. No, but now, but this is like way. Donald Trump was the man back then. Yeah. He was probably the the. The clearest example of entrepreneur that he had ties, he had these yeah. golden apartments. Do you remember, do you remember that that um, little thing he played in Home Alone? Yeah, uh, came yeah in, in the hotel. Yeah, in that hotel. time, yeah. that's Trump. So Am I just being an idiot? Wasn't his dad like? Yeah, his loaded? dad was. But, I, but that's what I'm trying to say. That the the, the, the the view of entrepreneur was very different then. It was just like it wasn't about coming from nothing. It was yes. just being successful. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't about where you start back then. I don't think. It's struggle um, born. Yeah, a lot it wasn't. It wasn't that. So then. So then I borrowed a suit from my friend, a very close friend of mine, because I didn't have a suit. Um, and then I went into a few of the state agencies and got no's and got no's and got no's. And then the books I was reading was like, this no's is going to be an everyday thing. It's not rejection. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's true. So I kept going to a few. Anyway, I got to one company. I got to the point where I was like getting no so much that it was like, and remember, I was young. I was 18, 17, I think, maybe 18. I was 18. And for an 18-year-old to get a job in the middle of a recession with no experience, it's just like, no, 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 no. But I remember I went to one place and I was like, listen, they were like, we can't give you sales. No, we're not doing sales, but we're doing lettings. But what they said to me is that, what I said to them is, listen, I'll come here and I'll work for free for, for a month. And if I'm not good, I won't stay and you won't pay me a thing. And because I said that, they gave me a job. So they was like, oh. you know what, we'll give you a job in lettings. So I was like, sweet. And it was actually in Mitcham, not far from here. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I know this area. Um, so then... Uh, uh, you got, got the, the job. job. So then I get the job. Yeah, <laughs> I get the job. You're really over the moon. I get the, yeah. I'm, I'm over the moon. I get there, and this is the funniest part. So I get there. I'm I'm motivated. You know, I'm what, listening to. I'm also listening to Zig Ziglar. You know, I really consume myself, and it's interesting because I know that at this time, like it was the stuff that I was doing. It's like kind of popular now, but it wasn't. I was really, you know, because because I was alone. Like my friends were going to university. Mm. Like imagine 18 friends go. Everyone's gone, and you they're, they're not like, oh, you're cool. Yo, they're like, is he crazy? He's he's not coming to university. My parents are looking at me like, my mom is like, <laughs> whatever. And <laughs> like, it just wasn't cool. So I remember I needed anything to make me feel good. So I was listening to Zig Ziglar. Um, I was listening to, um, you know, Les Brown, all these motivational speakers. So I went in first day motivated. I remember, I remember it very clear now. I went in first day that people were in there, they had like, they were adults, they had kids, they had responsibility. I went in and I was like, great, yo, so how do these properties rent themselves? How do they do it? <laughs> and the guy goes, the guy goes to me, hey, calm down, kid. These these houses, they sell themselves. And turned around. And I remember it was like such a blow to me. Because I wanted to hear the tactics. I was like, do you do this? And long story short, 
it it taught me something. It taught me that you know, um, it was the first time I went to a space where I learned you know how to retain my own energy, how to to not um, to not ex- ex- absorb people's uh, lack of um, energy. Uh, energy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I learned the game anyway. So I learned how to get the properties on. We had to call call people on Gumtree. I was doing the tenancies. I was touting properties. So I learned the whole process, right? Within, within quite a short term. And I started letting properties and I got my first few deals. And I was like, once I go, I'm always like, the once I do it once, it's over. If I do anything in this life once, I've mastered it. Like once. The, the worst thing that can ever happen to me is never, never do it once. But once I do it, yeah. So I did one and I was like, that's it. Fine, I can do this. So I remember I did that first deal. And then, you know, I was very tenacious. I used to go around uh, knocking on the doors and talking to landlords when there was like scaffolding and stuff outside. I'd walk in. So the the, the, the landlords were very like receptive to me because I would wear a suit, I'd be neat. And then I realized, because as I said, I'm looking, like you said, when the markets are down, problems. But I remember looking every day on my screen, recession, and I thought, I can do something with this. I was like, if all these landlords are calling up scared and they're, c- they're, they're calling up, the estate agency like what do we do my house isn't sold should i make it cheaper i thought to myself what can i do to make this work to my advantage so what i did is i was like okay how about this and i and I tr- this is this was never done in the office and i said how about if i if i uh convince these landlords instead of uh letting these properties for the standard tenancy six to twelve months because it's a bad market why don't i tell them to lease it for three years and then i get commission on three years and not 12 months wow so then I tried it and I just was like, I called up and I was like, and I just remember, I think, I think I'd been watching, I'd watched, um, Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, not Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> I'd watched, <laughs> I'd watched, uh, uh, Wall Street, it was Wall Street, it was Wall Street, it said lunch, lunches for smarts. And I remember uh, getting on the telephone and feeling like ghetto and was like, Hey, I was like, I remember to myself, why don't you just do this for three months? It's going to be, you're going to ride the storm. You're going to do three years when you yeah. ride the storm. And the landlord went. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I got a tenant. And I basically, from that moment, I basically changed that whole business model in that company. And I broke the record. Nice. Because I was getting, you know, commission for free. Because they would have to pay us up front. You know? wow. So I was getting sales commission on lettings. Um, and I did that like four or five times. And the ironic part was the guys that were like, oh, um, the guys like property sell themselves. Yeah. They were coming to me like, oh, can you, t- what books are you reading? Oh, can yeah. you, uh, well, uh, <laughs> can happens, you show me? And I was <laughs> like, oh, and I, I even did like classes and I was just like, teach people how to like stretch the contracts. But I broke the records and I was 18. Nice. Um, still living with my mum, making money. And then I was like, uh, I need to be promoted because I broke the records. I've made you guys more. I've trained, add this business model into your business. I'm 18. Fair enough, but I'm, I know what I'm doing. And they didn't, they kind of didn't budge. Then I made up a fake offer and I was like, listen, if you don't promote me, I'm going to go to this company, Canary Wolf. I just found one online. And, <laughs> <said it>. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, they were like, okay, we'll promote you. So they said they're going to promote me. I was meant to get like a new Mercedes Benz because I was driving like a Fiat 300 colorful car. And I was, and I was like, don't want that. It was meant to get me a mobile phone and pay rise. And they did a bit of a pay rise and didn't give me the car. And I was like, oh, these guys are trying to play me. So I left. And I started my own, because I saved a bit of money. I'd say I was making good money, not, I didn't have no rent. So I s- left because they didn't fulfill. And I started my own first uh, estate agency in Wimbledon, across the station in the, uh, uh, above the apartments in this ex-local. Nice. Uh, yeah. But it was my first thing. And I had landlords and I, and I knew the whole process. I was never scared of cold calling people on Gumtree. I used to market the properties myself. I'd invest in my own marketing, even at the estate agency, just to kind of boost my... Uh, exposure to tenants so as that happened i was like wow 
So then, um, to cut a long story short, so it doesn't drag, I started to, as I got this business, I got a, you know, a receptionist working for me, I got another person working for me, and it was just like, um, it was interesting, because it was fine, I was making money, but it just became monogamous. It was like, uh, same kind of money, the same kind of tenants, they were, rent houses were like, you know, a thousand pound a month, to, to uh, 1,200, mm-hmm. maybe 14, if it's like a free bed. Mm-hmm. But the books I was reading was like, you have to be around what you want. Right, so they used to say to me, and the the books would say, you know, act as if they'd say, you know, law of attraction is to, you know, go around whatever you want to be, what you want to have. Surround yourself with exactly surround yourself. So I started one of the days. I was like looking online. I was like, wow, these these apartments in 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 Belgravia look nice. And I was just looking at all these apartments in Chelsea. I was like, fuck, people live in these houses like they're insane. I've I've never even seen it as a as a human like just Mm. so I started calling them up and I just wanted I pretended I had tenants for them, but because I just wanted to go there. Because when <laughs> you, <laughs> House yeah, right. just wanted to do is like because you value it. You always go over clipboard. You pretend your value, and I was like, yeah, I've got tenants already. I've, they want to come and see your place. So I went there, um, see them. I'm like, wow, I'm taking photos, and I get to see the place. I'm like, people, p-. and these houses are like two thousand a week, three thousand a week. So I'm like, who the hell has that kind of money in, my, in the first place? But anyway, I'm getting them on, and then surprisingly, because they, um, because they liked me. Um, they just w- they f- they believe me. They're like, okay, well, can you start marketing it? And I was like, oh, I don't have tenants. And I just went back and I was like, okay, well, I've got them. So I just started. To I d- I didn't have the tenants sort of plan to, but I just put it on the website just because it would show that at least I've respectfully tried, right? Mm. Put it on the website, um, and then our main website. I didn't put it on find a property. I just put it on our main website, and then like um, maybe maybe a f- maybe a few days later. I get calls from uh, Air France. I got calls from Nestle. Um, this is not not all in that order, but this is what started to come in. And they were asking me to move their um, executive staff into these properties, and they wanted to lease it. F- they wanted to rent the properties uh, from me. Wow. And I was like, oh, so this is the business. There's companies that rent these houses mm. that are these yeah. much for for like staff, and they rent it for s- uh, six months or twelve months. And then on top of that, when I was rent, when I was moving these executives, because they may be coming from France or some Nestle had a lot of people coming from um, uh, where was it? Uh, G- uh, Geneva. Mm. They had a lot of people, so um, they would move, and then they'd ask me to do extra stuff like uh, help find uh, a school for the kid and help find the GP that's local. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm kind of doing relocations now, aren't I? I'm <laughs> like, I don't even have to do viewings. I like, literally, my business, and I'm like that. Like, when I feel something, I kind of like shift so quick. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, um, I'm gonna focus on getting more high-end properties and just get give it to companies. And in that quest, um, I started to get um, more properties, um, do more relocations. And then I was like, China was the, the topic. I was like, oh, China seems like where that's where the money is. So I recruited two interns. One was from Japan, one was from the Philippines. This is oh where it gets interesting. Ah, okay. And their job was to basically call, and it was so illegal. no not legal but it was like their working hours weren't real they were they were coming at 6 p.m and leaving like 2 2 a.m in the morning and i don't know if that's yeah Yeah. exactly so how did you how did you recruit how did you uh i think i just put it online i i I put it on some sort of job posting website i can't remember what what it was but i definitely just put it on like a job posting website and um because that's Sorry? Did it have to be Japanese or Chinese speaking? Yes, yeah, yeah, that, that was like the term. It was like, you have to Legal workhours.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I had an office at that time. I was... I, was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was <laughs> I had a... Uh, uh, all right, it was a good office. It was actually in uh, Kensington High Street. To be, it was actually in the Regis, which was good. So I was doing good. Um, and then... 
one of the long story short i come in one day and the filipino staff member he in the day he was a nurse he was studying a nursing and he was practicing nurse so i come in one day and he says he pulls me to the side and he's like hey so i need to talk to you i'm like okay what are you talking about he says yeah the chinese guy over there he keeps in, when i have lunch with him he says you're very stupid you don't know what you're doing i'm like what <laughs> i'm like because I, w- I would never really be there because it was after hours and i was like oh what so i was like it was almost like he was giving me information about the guy talking bad on me and I, I respected that. So I was like, okay. So I called the other guy and I remember sacking him in front of him. And I was like, well done. I think I gave him a bit more money. I was like, oh, well done for, <laughs> for giving me that. But then like in that same action, he was like to me, yo, he said, he said yo, sir, um, the agency um, I used to come over here, they actually need to get more uh, schools and nursing homes to send students like me to. Um, you should maybe speak to them. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I remember I... Um, I created a Skype, put a white guy on the profile picture. You put a white guy on the put a white guy on the profile picture. Why? Why did you do that? See that that goes into like at the time my perception, like I said, the people I was looking at that were entrepreneurs were Donald Trump. It was Man. Richard Branson. It was Alan Sugar. It was uh, there wasn't really any black guys that I was seeing as uh, seen as a trustworthy person to do business with. I think I, I and maybe it was still I was still young. I was what I was just nineteen. Because it's about a year after, wow. so I was still around nineteen. Um, so I hadn't, I didn't yet have the self confidence in myself in that in that event. But I got in the conversation with them anyway. They confirmed it. I was like, "Listen, we need to get more schools and universities. Sorry, universities and nursing homes." So I, co- I was like, "Okay," and I, I just made up a fee. I was like, "Okay, if, if that happens, you will pay me the application fee," and then I forward it to them. So I, I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh." So then I remember calling some universities and schools and they're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have more international because Philippines specializes in nurses. They actually mm, specialize right. in high, high, high value nurses. So then I was like, oh, wow. So then um, I remember they were sending me some things through and like I did maybe one or two as that guy that was on the Skype. And I was like, wow, this is working. And it was completely different to the stage. It had, this has had nothing to do with the state agency, basically. It was nothing. But like they're emailing me and paying me. And I was like, wow. And then it got to the point where for me to really make it work, because I didn't really make money. F- like the first, I think maybe I did maybe two or one, and it was just like, it was maybe like 300 pounds or so. It was something small. Mm. But th- in order for me to take it further, they were like, look, we want you to come over here and market, because if they see you, they'll believe it more and they'll sign up even more to the courses and and, and, and uh, uh, the service. So I was like, shit, do mm. I send a, like a, a white stump double? I don't have a white <laughs> stump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I just saw that. How yeah. come were things starting to sort of scale down on your current business at the time no or why, why I, you so it wasn't I, I just get bored i was bored it was mm. all very like um easy yeah it just was like it's it's very like i hate when things are so routine when it's like a new month wipe the board mm. you know now we're gonna go and you know get some more properties mm. on or relocate some more people it didn't feel like i was growing it just felt like so you like going state. into like the uncomfortable i love the uncomfortable mm. I've l- as i've come to learn and um so, anyway, one day, I, I think that that year I had gone to LA and I had gone to Sky Bar. Keep in mind, this was the, this is when I went to LA. It was a dream. I went with my friend. We stayed at this horrible apartment in West Hollywood, like sleeping on sofas. It was horrible, but it was just like getting there. It was about just getting there and being there. And I was 19. I was like, I want to go to LA. So we went there. I remember going to the Sky Lounge. I took a picture and I was like so proud of myself because I'd flown myself from London to LA. I was just proud. Mm-hmm. So I looked and I, I was like, shit, we need to send you a picture. And I remember there was only one picture that came to my mind. It was me at the Sky Bar with these glasses. I looked like a bloody actor, <laughs> right? And I was like, if I'm going to send the picture, it's going to be this one. And I remember like uh, 
they're messaging me waiting for the picture and I said, okay, Wait, I'm why are they, sorry, <laughs> why are they messaging you asking for a photo? Because I was supposed to, I'm going to be the one coming. Right. So, so you they said, wanted to the guy on the, the Skype image. call was yeah. not going. That guy was not going. The guy on Skype call said, I'm going to send my boss, my boss. The owner. The oh, owner. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So you've got, I want to, I want to dig into this yeah. bit because it's quite interesting. So you've had this kind of almost identity Alien. acceptance yeah. where you've gone, do you know what? I'm going to see these people anyway. Exactly. How did that feel? You were the first catfish before uh, catfish was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it felt, it was interesting because it felt like, um, it, it, it surprised me. I'll talk about it in my book as well. Um, it, the chapter is self-acceptance. Mm. And it surprised me because I didn't realise I didn't accept me yet. I didn't realise, I didn't realise all the stereotypes I had of myself. Um, and I hadn't come around to accepting who I was. And, it, and it, I'm not going to say before I did it, I realised it, but it was actually what happened after. So I remember I literally was sweating and I remember there was typing on the Skype and I had the pitch and I'm like, I'm about to click send. I remember thinking, shit, I'm about this. I'm, in my brain, the whole deal was off. You're black. It's over. You're what, was, what, was Scott, what was Scott Man's name? Was he also called Leonard? No, he was. Oh, no. Leonard, I'm sending my boss called Leonard. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I can't remember the name today. It was a yeah. while ago, but I don't think it was Leonard. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because just using, um, and going even further back, James Khan, you know, the guy that from Dragon's yeah. Den. He what used to westernize his name. In fact, he, he westernized I, I his name. Him saying that. And if you look at his book, yeah. from good to great, whatever it was called, yeah, he yeah, said yeah. that he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, exactly. He didn't feel comfortable in using his own name either. And I was. And that's keep in mind. I'm watching this stuff at that time as well. So I remember even even hearing stuff like that. So, so you're even imitating that. Imitating as well. that exactly. Wow. Crazy connected that because I was watching all of that stuff. Right. Um. So things like that would always ring in my head. So then I remember clicking send, and I was like, shit. And I remember there was a pause. And I remember there was like a typing and I saw like the typing like they just you know and in between it it's all over and then all I saw was boom and it was like oh sir you're so handsome you look like Will Smith I was like that'll do I was like oh my god Jesus they like me he's like yes sir we can't believe we can't wait to have you but was that a pivotal moment in your life that was a major moment because it was the first time I was like hang on they like me before I like me that really did hit me it hit me over the, a number of years that mm. moment because it was like they it was like i needed that validation to be valid mm. to validate who and keep in mind before they wanted to work with me i had proven that i was efficient i was communicating even though i didn't have my picture on there the things i was doing was actually doing it. and it doesn't matter my race because not it's not race it's not age not everybody would be willing to do what mm. i was doing anyway yeah so it's like there wasn't a replacement Leonard. it's not like oh we can't use you we'll use another white guy version of you but there, there wasn't anybody doing it yeah. so it was like I hadn't come to, to grips with my ability yes. outside of my physique or my energy. And that was a pivotal moment for me. And then I, I f- literally, I flew out to the Philippines that month, mad. I was crazy. Like I said, I just jumped on a plane. Where'd you go to the Philippines? Cebu. I went to Makati. Okay, First no, went to Makati. Um, and then I went to, uh, I went to Makati first. The first trip was more Makati. And that's the city. Uh, and then I think, so the first people I met them in Makati, got the contract with them, came back to London, got the contract with these guys, and then business just started coming. And I, I'd never, I'd never seen, but it was interesting because I think I had watched or read American Gangster at the time. I was reading right. American Gangster at the time. And I read the book, not, not. This is when we not, find out the Filipinos were actually kilos of cocaine. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but it, I read the book, like his journey of like going to actually get it and like right. traveling and, and like his experience, and I remember thinking when I was flying, because I, used to, as I said, I'd, I'd do anything, I'd watch everything, and it was I was in my own world mentally, hundred percent, and I was reading whatever I could. I remember reading that American Gangster, jumping on a plane to the Philippines, 
and thinking, or watching it, reading one of the two, and then jumping and thinking, okay, cool, this is going to pay off big. And I remember getting back and it paid off. And it's like, people are coming to me now. And it's because I'd been there, I take photos, it validated that agency there. And then it validated me when people come here. And then when people came over, I'd take photos of them here. Mm. So then they'd see that it, the transaction had hap- actually happened. And then I went back again and I did like a tour for a month. So I went to Illigon City. I went to Davao. I went to crazy places. I even, I, so I went to crazy places. I even, um, uh, uh, one time, because they would put banners of me, like massive banners, like big banners. And um, one time I went to a city where, because those Muslims were very, um, uh, were like, uh, people that were kidnapping people. Wow. So one time they were calling the hotel trying to find out where I'm staying. Like, oh, where is Mr. Man? Wow. And, and keep in mind, let me, so let me just r- r- remind, uh, r- go back again, just back to mm. that self-acceptance. And even when I did reveal myself, I still didn't use my second name. I used my middle name. I used Emmanuel. Just because it was a little bit more westernized yes. than Sikyonda. Yeah. So just um, having just, where, where is Sikyonda from? Uganda. Ah, okay, yeah. nice. So as much as I, had, uh, and I still remember that now, I still was using the word, my name, Lend Emmanuel. And I used it for a while, to be honest. Um, even after. So I usually lend Emmanuel, so they'll call up and be like, where are you staying, Mr. Emmanuel? Oh, we just want to know. And uh, like one one city we went to, and then a kid came in and asked, and I would hide, I was like at the back, and the kid came in and asked where it was, and I came with an army person, and we had to leave the city. Whoa. We had to like like leg it out of the city. Because um, they're trying to kidnap you kidnap for money. Me, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. your face is on billboards yeah, now, on, and they're like this. Yeah, on wow. these banners. So it was, it was also, t- moments like that, it was like, <laughs> it was like dangerous moments like that, right? So as that's happening, um, then I started, then I opened my own visa agency as well there. So I partnered up and had a visa agency. So then I was getting paid for the visas. I was getting paid for the application. I was getting paid by the colleges, uh, I was getting paid a commission by the, um, passport office. I can, I can now see where the chameleon entrepreneur comes from. Yeah. You was getting paid by everybody. Yeah. I was getting paid by. one of trying to kidnap you, And you still ain't paid for New York. Yeah. And I still ain't Fuck New York. And then, but the funny thing is, as this is happening, and this is what, this is where I definitely see the visionary in me. I was blogging it. This is before Instagram. So I was taking a camera with me and just filming this. It's online still have it today. All it, yeah, do you still have it today? Oh yeah, if you go on Google and write Leonard Sekionda, um, Philippines. workaholic, it comes Malay, up. Uh, no, the Philippines, yeah, right, Philippines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was, so, so I was doing this on YouTube very early, and people were getting wind of it. So then people would message me on the YouTube or like hit me up on Facebook and be like, "Oh, you're inspiring me." And my, my friend, imagine my friends are in uni. They're like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" <laughs> yeah. Like he's in the. Leonard's where? He's in the Philippines? Mm. So then I do them weekly every time I was out there because it was keeping me sane because I didn't really have a strong Wi-Fi there so I just like to wanted to communicate and it was like my strength. It was like my therapy so I'd share what I'm doing. Must have been so different back then to like, even it's not that long ago but even to now like social media like you just have you can just call someone now can't you wherever you are and no. you get 4G, 3G everywhere back then. You but also you get the instant validation so when you put a video up on Instagram within seconds you have someone DMing you being like hey yeah. man that's awesome whereas you you'd film it yeah. and then a week would go by without and nothing. To yeah, yeah, and be on Facebook be on Facebook and YouTube and it'll just be like putting it out but then I started getting com- people like what are you reading and stuff like that and I was like oh people want to know like about these books and I started sharing stuff like that which books would you normally recommend <laughs> I'd recommend Rich Dad Poor Dad first that would be like my my, my go-to book um, and then it would be um, I talk about like listening to Zig Ziglar and, and motivational speakers and things like that um, and then that's where like when I got back um I was like, that, that, there's no way that's that's like doing this. Like, mm. I feel like I'm making money, more money than I've ever made in my life. Um, I had a, a Mercedes Benz. I'm like 20 now. Mercedes Benz. I had like an apartment which had like a river view. 
I was like, I was like, wow, I'm, I kind of, kind of made it. What I would remember. you call yourself? Like, what was your job title if someone to say? Leonard Manuel was it? Was oh, uh, I call myself Leonard Manuel. Um, but I call myself um, uh, uh, a businessman. Just a businessman. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't use. Like, oh, what'd you do? Would you? I'm just a yeah, businessman. international recruitment. I wasn't so your really. Parents but it was. It, it wasn't. It was at that time. It wasn't like how can I spend it? It wasn't like. The entrepreneur, t- I always said it's something, my theory of entrepreneur is something someone calls you, not something you tell people you are. Yeah. So I never used to run around saying the word entrepreneur. I, I feel like we're about to hit a crash, like a struggle. Oh, in sense oh we're, we're looking out on the river. Yeah. It's all going wonderfully oh, well. What, what happened next? <laughs> it, 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 that's not exactly. So, so then I met with Deji um, when I came back and the idea was like, I want to, because I wasn't really techie. I wasn't really like, compu- I was computer, but I was computer savvy, but I wasn't like, I'd, I was very money, man. I was like, I want to make money, but I want to keep, you know, these people that are engaged with me looking at what I'm doing and I want to share more of this. So I met with Deji and then I was like, look, I want to put a, a blog where we just fucking... Ma- and, and keep in mind, I was watching... It wasn't also... What was motivating me was also the, the flash element of success. And this is maybe at a young age. I was like, oh, I love the idea of like a black card mm. and a flipping yacht. and uh, So it was uh, it was a mix of things, you know, it was... You know, when you're young, it's it's a lot of things that grab you. It's not just the idea. The the now I'm more rounded, but at that time it was like money and dollars and yeah. cars. So it was more stuff. about like I want to make this place, this blog where people can get on it, and as soon as they get on it, they see like money falling, but then they're also seeing you know affirmations, and my vlogs are on there, and so then we just started to work on that, and it was just our hobby, and then traffic's growing really slow, but I don't really care about traffic because I don't know how, how that makes money. I'm just focus on what makes money and this is just like the thing you pay for is like the domain etc cetera, etc cetera. so then i remember going to vegas went to vegas for new year you're right um tao we were at tao kim kardashian's in there doing her appearance i remember looking out the before window before after her sunset oh no this is no must must be after this after, it's after. <laughs> she's fa- she's famous, famous like yeah, famous, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so then i'm looking out at the uh the venetian hotel i'm looking and funny i saw the venetian hotel the other day but i'm looking at the back i saw the balcony i was on i was looking at the ba- balcony thinking fuck i've made it i literally remember saying i've made it in my head and then i got back t- to london on the third i remember on the fourth what's your def- what, what what's your definition of mate like mate what at that time m- made it, it made, it, made it? it to me meant Yo, I come from nothing. Mm. Like, like, I come from nothing and all of this was invented by me. Like, this position, the business didn't even really exist. I made it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, yes, there was, I could have been a connector but didn't really make find a way to make money from it. I just created a fee. <laughs> like, they could have emailed the university directly. They could have emailed the the the, <laughs> the, the, the nursing home directly and they would still get in. But I made them believe they have to come through me. Yeah. So I, in my brain, I was like, wow, I've figured a way out for money to flow to me and people to come. And then I was at Vegas. And then I remember I got back on the third. And then on the, f- maybe the fifth, a big news announcement came out. And that was that the immigration laws got cut. Like, like I'm talking about cut. Sponsorships got cut because there was a new uh, party in town. Labour had come out. And they basically said that they want to cut uh, immigration down. So my sponsorships that were, I was getting maybe... Pfft, 30, 40 people a week. That turned to like 30 or even 20 a year. Like literally just like that. Wow. Mm. So Done. they cut sponsorships. So it, like to be a sponsor, you had to basically be like a flipping big NHS organization. And I, didn't, I had more private uh, nursing homes yeah. and private uni- uh, colleges. So my business, went, I remember literally looking and I was spending a lot of the time and I remember thinking, what am I going to do? Uh. 
So I got back and then um, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then, um, yeah, I got back and I was like, whoa. And then I started to lose things. I had to sell my car. I couldn't pay the rent anymore. That rent was flipping a wave that I didn't understand I was in. Um, you were on the place by the river. Yeah, yeah, that was a wave. I didn't realize the wave until until my my wave stopped. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, well, "Whoa, yeah. this is a lot." Um, it's always a wave. There's a lot. Yeah, instance, I've, I've just retired from football, haven't I? Mm -hmm. So it's just one. Of, well, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was last episode, Pooch. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, you got, like like you said, you you have like this income, and you don't really realize what you're spending. Yeah. And then when you don't, or something happens, you, it all comes crashing down. You're like, "Holy!" Fuck. And keep in mind, at this time, I'm I'm 21. I reckon I'm 21. I'm doing blogs. People know me. I'm getting a name for myself. Oh, I'm known for having a Mercedes Benz. I'm known for <laughs> like being entrepreneurial. Yeah. I'm doing vlogs on the street for hobbies. <laughs> Literally and stuff. off the street. Like, and then <laughs> it just went crashing down on me. Um, and I had to go to live on a sofa. I lived on my sister's sofa. Wow. Like it was I remember it was the most humbling moment when I remember I was so broke. She gave me 20 pounds and I nearly cried. I was like, thank you. Like it was that bad. It was bad. But in the side of it, I still learned how to navigate because it was like, and I and one of my business partners in the Philippines ripped me off as well. So I like the money that I was expecting, I think it was like seven grand or something like that, just mm, it got come. stolen because when it was, you know, when, whenever there's chaos, you know, mm. things happen. People just people disappear, react. Yeah, it's like the recession. It's exactly. It's like yeah. So as that's happening, I'm like, what do I do? So I remember like, um, my come up starts. Um, I remember like my mom starts building, 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 building. But it was just still, I didn't understand the money part. Like, this is the blog. What do we do? Do we, do we, do we sell them or something? What do we do? And then what happened interestingly is, so I'm at the, I'm in the sofa. Um, um, my come up is just a hobby, as I said. And then um, again, email. I, li I get a LinkedIn message from a guy who's based in LA. And he's like, yo, and he's, he's a white guy. But he did like, my come up users were generally like a lot of hip hop oriented kids. They weren't really like professionals. They seemed more like, you know, aspiring rappers. That's what I, I kind of got the vibe. They were all like aspiring rappers or like really in like, like Diddy's guard. You know, like they they, they just were like cultured people. This guy was like professional. He even messaged me. He's like, hey, like really interested in what you guys do. My come up, I, 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 I'm down with it. Um, want you guys come out to LA? Like, um, I, uh, I want to talk to you about some campaigns we have going on. I'm like, oh, LA. He's like, yeah, what? Well, I'll fly you out. I was like, huh? And then I'm like, oh, okay. So I remember flying out to LA, meeting this guy. He was representing Russell Simmons for the Rush Card. And then, um, the, so he was representing for Russell Simmons for the Rush Card. Then he had like a 6K budget. It was like, look, for 6K, you put it on the you put it on the website, put it through. Um, uh, we will, uh, uh, yeah, we can start working like that. I was like, and keep in mind, I've been fighting f f over the past month, like past two months for the 7K, like like I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's like, yeah, I'll fly you guys out and yeah, here's 6K. Wait, so I, what you did? What's this? I'm trying to work out. It, it, what so, do you do? So no, it's advertising on. So it's advertising. So it's It was basically to advertise the rush card, which is a credit card that you didn't have to have like any credit for to get. So it's a prepaid card. So he was basically give us the material and we promote it on the uh, on the blog. Just right. because you I had see. all these traffic. Yeah, because of the traffic. Yeah, because the traffic, traffic, yeah, the traffic then people were using this uh, platform called Alexa. Alexa, Alexa, I think it is. And that shows your traffic. And we had a good ranking. Hmm. So, and at this time, Diddy and we people have already co signed us and all these Americans are on the plat on the site just coming on it every day. So How did you get them on, on, on board my come organic. up? Like, yeah. So, organic. It was because we had done like the words of wisdoms. Mm. Um, we did a words of wisdom for Diddy. Wildstar picked it up. 
Wallstar posted it. Then Diddy saw it. Then Diddy says thanks to my come up. Then Diddy says thanks to my come up. All of the people go to my come up. People that were going in it were like, oh, I've been. So it's just a massive snowball. Mm. And then from that, I was like, oh, there's money in this. Oh, God, there's money in this. And then like publishers started coming to us. We did the decoded book. Uh, when Jay Z first came out, we did Alan Sugar's biography, promoted it on there. So then we started to think, okay, there's money in blogs. But then for me, it was like, okay. What do I wanna what do I wanna do with the other business? So the other business I was like shit. I could uh shift it from moving the Filipino nurses from London to like Canada or New Zealand, but that would mean me having to go to these places. I was like, oh my god. So then I, I kept I, I scrapped picked myself up. I, I got a few more um uh agencies there, partnered them and got like a tiny cut, like not not as big as a cut, not what I was getting, but I was like because I had so much of relationships, I still wanted to make that go and then I was like let me try to really take this my, my come up thing serious because the internet is starting to show you know prosperous mm. stories right of like you know now Mark Zuckerberg is an entrepreneur and da 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 and these stories are coming out so as that happens um, I start to realise that there's, there's money in traffic and data and I didn't know all of that and then I started to really research you know tech people and I, the same way I was studying like the self-help people I started to study tech people from um, you know, Bill Gates and everyone just understand it. And as I began to understand, it, I was like, oh, so the power is really in understanding like behavior and data. Um, and that's where it came a thing where I was like, listen, I had a flatmate at the time because I finally got some money from us, like stuff like that. And I got a flatmate. And he worked in um, he worked in Royal Bank of Canada, and he was like, look, I'll help you make a business plan because um, you've got the traffic and you can raise money but you need to have a business plan. So he basically helped me package the business. I, wha- it was the most, it was so horrible. It was, it was like going to school. That, I remember that period of mm. making that business plan. <laughs> I'd have to meet him, he'd question me about everything, we'd put it into numbers, he'd crest me again, put it into numbers. So we created this, uh, like over the, maybe, uh, maybe a month and a half, we crunched out this business plan. And I remember when it was finished, the first person I showed it to invested. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit, is that how it kind of works? Because I didn't, I mean, I never raised money before. Mm-hmm. Everything I've always done is self-funded. So that was one thing. And ne- I never knew that you could raise money for something that doesn't make more money than you're raising. <laughs> if that <Yeah>. makes sense. <laughs> where did, where yeah. did you find the investor? Um, I met I met through a mutual friend. Um, in fact, the investor was a user. The investor uh, was a user. The investor was oh, a user. Okay. Wow. Um, and then a lot, and that's the funny thing. It's like my come up at that time. A lot of people used it, but it was almost like their secret. Mm. And that was the interesting thing. It was only until Diddy and everyone started to do that that people were like, oh, you should go on this and this. But before that, people were... Because we have we, we had always had, like... the Our minimum of traffic was, like, 500, I think. Maybe yeah. 300 people. And then at a peak, it was, like, 10,000 a day. So it was, always, it was always having traffic, but people were more prone to it in America. And it's so interesting because those people, even till today, helped me. Mm. So through those people I've met, I've actually met Diddy and gone to his office and I've, you know, uh, been in New York and being invited to Stock Exchange. And, th- and this is all from people having come in cir- circling back because they used it as a platform. Nice. Um, publicists, a lot of people like, uh, yeah. so today, like if I, when I go to America, especially, w- and I learned that when I went to America, people were watching my vlogs in the Philippines back those days, you know, and telling me about it. Like, because I remember there was a time I stopped vlogging because I, because the money wasn't coming in, I just stopped. I remember going on tube, people noticed me and I, b- I felt sick. Because I was like, because I used to portray, like, not portray, I'd, I'd put out a confidence mm. and I'd put out a confidence which was supported by me having the car next to me or me having the suit on. So it was always next to something. It wasn't yeah. like internal yet. You yes. know? So I remember at that time, I internally didn't feel good. And you obviously had negative comments that come. So I was also, I think I dealt, I feel like I dealt with 
YouTube criticism very early, so I understood the dark side of YouTube, you know, like when people say nasty stuff about you. So yeah. there's a, a love and hate. To how did you deal with it? Because when the I didn't chips like were it. down, yeah, how did you deal with I it? I didn't like it. When I when I when the chips was down, um, I didn't like it. So I didn't like not that, but I didn't like that. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to kind of mm. have me time. And the thing with the internet, it keeps working, right? Video content still works. It doesn't matter the mood you're in, it's still working. Mm. What you've, what the video you said weeks ago, people still remember it. So I remember removing myself, being on the sofa, I was in Croydon, East Croydon actually, with my sisters, and just like living in that for that moment. I think I lived in it. But I knew it wasn't it. It was like I knew it wasn't it. And I just knew that the reason that happened because I wasn't prepared for the setback, if that makes sense. That was the shock of it. Because that, that wasn't like, oh, my plan went wrong. That was the government that changed. Mm. You know, I had no. But then that's how life is. Yeah. It may not be what you, what you've done wrong. It just might be a change in shifting in life. At, at that point, when you were sitting on the sofa, because I I know what I've done at that time is I've sort of you know lacked in self belief and I've thought right, what do I do? I've sometimes made the mistake of trying to find it externally, and I'd read a book like Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'd read a, a thing by Gary Vaynerchuk, or I'd watch a video. Did you do anything like that, or did you? Was that a time where you really closed everything off? Did you have any external what, influences? What, what I did is my belief. I think first I really believed in figuring a solution out. So I would be up because the time zone for uh, Philippines, I'd have to always be up at like six in the morning. So I remember because I stayed on my sister's sofa, then I moved from my sister's sofa to my brother's place, and then he had a spare bed. So I, and he'd work. He'd work for British Gas. So I remember um, he'd he'd always be up at like. Um, he'd always be up at like six in the morning and I'd be up either before him or with him. So bless him, he sees me, he knows like I'm going through hell, but he'd see me every morning there at six in the morning Skyping somebody. So I remember, and that's one thing I remember now, I remember still pushing, fighting it. Like I would, I'd either be chasing my money or trying to call another uh, uh, agency in the, uh, in uh, New Zealand or Canada. I was just, tr I was fighting, you know, I was like, I wasn't like down and like out. I was, the situation was down, but I wasn't, I was still, yeah. I just didn't want to, di and that's what I think the beauty for me is, that's why I can survive in this era, because I understand when I need to be in that mode, and and I understand that that mode, well, sorry, the external mode isn't what makes things work for me. I always know that it's the internal mode. It's when I go down and out and I'm just in it, and I don't need, s social media doesn't make me feel better. It just yeah. is it's an expression of what I'm doing and how I feel. So for me, I feel what, what, what happened in that scenario is I learned the art of like, realizing that approval isn't what grows me like actual work does like waking up pen and paper just me pen and paper mm. strategizing and then applying strategizing and applying and not even the people know me on social media i wasn't like oh let me let me, let me make myself feel good and go online and people talk to me i didn't mm. want to do all that i was like i'm in this situation let me deal with it and then i'll come out when i'm like more confident so i remember when i first went to new york again after all of that and things got well, this is like not even longer. It's like maybe so you raised the investment. So I raised the so investment. So you paid for sorry. this trip to New York. Sorry, Finally. sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> this is the, the, I was, that was just linking to my conversation. Mm. But I remember this. I'm just taking it back to maybe four years ago, five years ago. I remember one kid came up to me. He was like, because I stopped. In fact, I did. I stopped vlogging in general. I just stopped vlogging. And this kid came up to me and he was so angry. Like people used to know. <laughs> no, no, no. Where's no, my vlogs? No, no, no. He, people used to. No, I'm being honest, and it really hit me. Uh, it was quite emotional. Eh? It really hit me because people. I used to do the vlogs and it was kind of thankless because you do them and you just put it out. And you know, you don't know the effect you're having on people, right? And I remember I got to New York one day. Uh, I got to. I went to New York. Um, because I think I changed. I I I've had such a self discovery of myself, and I think I became like. After that, I became very techy. I became like. I, it's almost like I changed myself. Like I started to speak really well and just like. like I just. I think 
once I had gone down, I just built myself up to be a machine of like, machine. I was a machine. I wasn't a character. I was a machine. I wasn't jokey. I would wear a suit in the mornings. I'd wake up and wear a suit, even in that situation and write stuff. Just I was in that mood. And when I did videos, it was less charismatic. It was more like, you guys should do this. It was just, everything just changed about mm -hmm. me, right? And I remember I'd gone to New York um, just after things were going okay. Maybe four years ago, I broke up with my girlfriend. Maybe four years ago, I went to New York. And this guy came up to me and he was like to me, Leonard, man, like, what's what's happened to you? Like, you used to talk with so much confidence in your video. You used to have so much swag. You used to, I remember, because there's a video even up there now, I'd be like, I, I used to say, like, I want a Porsche. I'll get it. I want to be a millionaire. I used to, like, do say some random shit. Wow. And he was like, what happened to that guy? Man, I used to listen to that shit every day. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like and it clicked and it was like oh fuck like I have changed and like this this has changed me right so and good I, for the bad because I'm trying it, to work out it, it, it changed me because I, I I lost that spark right you know I began to think here not here the whole of my business career I've always fought from like my heart I've, mm. I've always like followed followed this I haven't fought logically whereas when I went through the situation then I started to see things logically mm. but not realising what happened wasn't logic it was fate Right, yeah. it wasn't logic. It wasn't logic that the I couldn't have calculated that the government's going to change its laws, mm. right? But in my brain, I thought, okay, now that this has happened, let me look at things, everything logically. If I work these hours, if I do this, if I put this suit on, if I speak like this, if I do this, is what equals that. But in reality, what equaled all of that for me was just me being wild and just being free and yes. believing in my own gas. Like it was just I was yes. believing in my own gas. I was wooing myself into the situations, and then in that, you know, I realized I've become this logical person. I've become this tech person. I had kids on Twitter like. There was one kid that even tweeted me and he was like, look, Leonard, because I did a video and I was talking about the tech stuff. And he was like, look, Leonard, you're from like my area and I watch you all the time and you're talking like you grew up from like Harvard somewhere. <laughs> like, literally, that's what you said to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So suddenly you become things, unrelatable. You're yeah, I became unrelatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, people were like literally saying that to me. Like, but the American guy really hit me because the way he said it was <laughs> just like... You suck, man. Fuck you, Leonard. Because he fuck met you. me and he was just like, yo... But it was like he met me to deliver that message and I was like, oh... oh. oh. <laughs> I just pushed him down the and stairs. <laughs> and Going back to that, so when 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 we raised money and turned it to blog, it was more for me just about data, and I and and I was following my gut, tried to become logical, but it was like, okay, let's get the platform. There was a big backlash. People were like, hang on, we have to sign in. What the hell's this? You know, you've flipping gone from uh, you've gone from uh, uh, free model, free model free to model. it was still free, but you just had to log in at that time. It was still free. So you, you wanted to collect the data. I wanted the data. I wanted, yeah, to, yeah, I wanted yeah. to know who they were, them to know who each other was, mm. and there was a lot of lags and stuff like that. Mm. But as that happened, um, as that happened, um, I just learned about improvement. And then I start, I started to learn about tech. So I started to learn about user flow, uh, front end, back end, data. I just learned this stuff. And that's probably where I became more logical because I started to actual, actually learn. And I think as I was learning, I probably changed as well yeah. with the learning. Um, so I think when you, when you learn something, you're not making it up. I think when you speak, you have more confidence. Yeah. You know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a thing where you had the other stuff. I didn't have to know what I was talking about. But tech has a formula, right? So with or without, like, you can be as motivated as possible, but if you don't know that something has to be coded and there needs to be a front and back end, mm. it's never going to happen. Whereas in the other industry, if I don't know, um, you know, the immigrational laws, I can just still give it a shot. And it yeah. works, you know, so it's like tech has a format, it has a yeah. format regardless. So I had to learn that format. And in that, I think I changed uh, a lot. But the, the beauty of it is I learned how to, you know, when you uh, one thing I learned with tech is that it's a evolving door. It's an evolving door. So when we had mm. the first version, we're working on the second version, then the third version. So you're improving, improving, improving. I've had yeah. my company's had about since that since that turnover's had about seven or eight 
updates. How did you, just going back on the personal side of things, because I definitely know what mm -hmm. you're talking about when people believe there's a lack of authenticity. Yeah. And they go, you know, you're not who you are. And you are, mm -hmm. I am who I am, but I just, mm -hmm. I'm also not sure about what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you lose you the confidence about what you're speaking. Everyone thinks you're posh, mm. but you're actually not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unlike <laughs> you, Asian Bex. <laughs> fucking hell. It's like but losing your identity. No, yeah, it is. And I, I wanted to know, because it seems like you've got it back. You're full of energy. Mm -hmm. You're doing a podcast. You know, Kieran's here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hello, Hi, shout out to Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but what do you think changed? Because um, what, when was that, by the way? How long ago was that the, you got assaulted by the New York? That was not even longer. It was maybe like four Five years ago, five years five ago. Five years ago. Five ago. That's quite a while ago. So no, four, four, four. I think it was like four. What happened then? What happened? To the, well, how did you get um, the authenticity back? So after that, that's the funniest part, right? Because this is what happened literally after that. So, um, and I, and I, like I said, I just broke up with my girlfriend at the time. I was like, I was, I, that's the thing. I was, when he met me, I was even more, I was lower than low actually. Because I was like, I jumped on the plane to get away from that. So then I get to this city. I'm just like, pretty much like, meeting people but going for drinks and like I'm just kind of going with the flow I'm a bit like melodic with everything and then he punches me with that and I remember like feeling like and a bunch of my staff uh, my company had, had left so I was thinking shit I gotta come back like better and I remember like what I had done is I um I was in a cab with my friend and I said and I had my camera I always had a camera but I just kind of I think in every what happened this is the reality in that and I had to learn that in that failure, I had lost my confidence because it was my first failure. So when I had that n setback, I didn't realize that I was wearing, because I'd never had a setback before yes. that. I jumped on a plane and didn't die, got back. I um, freestyled a picture, got liked. Everything had always worked. And then when that happened, it was a, f so I knew it was almost like I was like scared of ever feeling that again. Yes. So in that, I would kind of, be less i didn't know how to speak to and when i was speaking in the blog before i hadn't lost so i felt like i was doing fraud if i'm like speaking in the blog and i've lost or i'm still trying to get back to a better place i just didn't really want to speak to it and then I, and then i realized i didn't even feel confidence holding the camera against me i I really had to evaluate things i was like i can't even i don't know how to do this like i didn't yeah. know how to communicate and then i remember i was in new york and i had the camera and i was like i was like you know what and i was even like what i got to the point of doing is i was filming myself before that, I was filming vlogs where I don't really talk and it just follows me and there's music. Like, <laughs> like, 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 literally, that's what, that's what my it's vlogs like became. It's music video. Yeah, so. Literally, you couldn't hear my voice. And then I remember um, I went in the, I went, and this is what happened. This is where everything changed, especially like from a uh, vlog perspective. I remember I was in the car and I had my friend with me and I just got fed up of like the technicality and I said to her, look, turn the camera on. I was in this taxi and I just went off. I started talking about like people um, being negative to you um like it not allowing your energy to be you know not not seeing your energy like a currency i just did this vlog and i just put it on youtube no i put it on instagram i put it on youtube and i put it on instagram and then people were just like Brrr, and i was like what the hell and it was me just because i had overthought things so much i yes. hadn't spoke because when i even at those times there it was always me from my heart mm. and then after that i tried to speak as smart without sounding hurt but yeah. then that one was just like truth and as i spoke the truth I got LA people following me on Instagram and, and that wasn't never my goal. It was just like, I'm just doing this again. And it just made me realize, oh wow, like I just need to be me. And I think so. as I started to do that, it's kind of, I, pra I started practicing just being me mm. and remembering that, you know, I, I didn't, I used to think that I understood why people like me mm. and then realizing, I don't think you can understand it. It's an energy, you know, uh, communication is energy. It's an energy physically, verbally, 
um, emotionally and learning to let go of me thinking that I knew the exact thing it was. It wasn't the car mm. next to me. It wasn't the suit. It wasn't even the Philippines. It was just the energy I was conveying, right? And learning that made me realize, okay, let me just keep working on me, but give my energy, not give... Self-love, baby. Yeah, and that's what made me really reposition myself back and then really start working back on, you know, not allowing what I do to define who I am. Because I used to sink it so much because it ha I had to do that, you know, mm. when people are in university and I have a business, I have to be Leonard and that's me. Because I don't have, I can't say to you, I've got two one in, you know, it's like Leonard. Well, you got three A's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't buy three A's, exactly. So I, I, yeah, so I, I identified what I did so much with who I was. And if I do that, then, you know, business has ups and downs. Even till today, it's like that, you know. So if you identify what you do with who you are, essentially you become somebody that's going to be in balance because the art for me has become being comfortable with the fact that I'm me and regardless of what happens externally, that's that's not me, yeah. you know. So you've almost, you've had the acceptance of yourself. Yeah. And uh, what, I, what I'm sensing here as well is almost there's an acceptance of ambiguity. Yeah. So you don't know what's going to happen in a year's time. No. But you, that's almost quite exciting. Yeah. And yeah. you're sort of saying, right guys, I haven't got all the answers. Two months ago I thought I did mm -hmm. and you didn't like that when I was pretending that I knew yeah. all the answers. Actually, I'm here to say I'm strong in myself and I believe in going somewhere. Yeah. And hopefully you're on, on that journey with yeah. me. And I think that's much more powerful. 100%. And if you look at anybody that communicates, right, here's a fucking example. Mm -hmm. Bad one to give, probably a bit on Vogue, but Donald Trump right now is getting all the votes in America or got all mm. the votes in America because he spoke from his heart and he spoke the truth. Yeah, yeah a lot of it's 100%. a load of bullshit, but, yeah. it's, but it, it, it gets it resonated. Theresa May couldn't be more hated. Yeah, she speaks probably a lot of sense, but it's calculated sense yeah. given to her by somebody else, and it's not it's her voice. Robotic. Mm -hmm. It is. It's monotonic. It's robotic, yeah. and those yeah. are the words that you're using to describe yourself when you yeah. were speaking before. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. That there's a huge thing around finding your authentic voice, mm -hmm. and usually you find it after you've accepted that you failed, and you're now on the bounce back. Hundred percent. And I really that that I think is a it, it, what you just explained there is a really exciting thing for people to relate to. Definitely. Because I think all and all of us around here, zero to hero to zero. That's what Pooch's um, thing was called last week. Um, he doesn't know me as Pooch. Oh, sorry, Junior. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I've got to do that every time. Um, Pooch, again, goes to the dog days. But we've all we've all been through some sort of up and a down. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's really weird? Before I had my down, I I was almost scared about having it. I was like, everyone fucking speaks about this down. Everyone speaks about bouncing back. Now I've had it. I definitely think it's important. Yeah, I so really think you have to have a bit Chris of character. Yes. I'm in it now. Yeah. Yeah, I know you could tell me the state of you. I've shaved in weeks, <laughs> but but I think at the same time, is for me now, like my communication is more on an emotional level. Because one thing I have got is experience in um in in an emotional unsecure environment for a fixed period of time. I haven't had a guarantee since I was eighteen in that in that uh, call center for mm -hmm. voxels. Since then, I have had never had a guarantee of income. So. For me, what I've learned is how to, especially just from a level of um, belief and mindset, I've learned how to develop my mind because what I did along the way, which has always been consistent till from then till now, is I've wrote goals, I've affirmated, mm. I've spoke and wrote things into existence. You know, I've trained my mind to, you know, to see the world from a from a view from a perspective which supports where I'm trying to go. You know, I'm very. Yeah. I'm very mindful of who I'm around, who I communicate with, what I watch, you know, uh, what I do in my spare time. And people miss, mi they don't understand how aggressive I am in learning. You know, mm. if I'm not on field, I'm still learning off field. Mm. And I think in that, I think um, there's so much to learn because I feel like 
that's what I can share perspective because that's what makes me who I am today. The reason I have energy today is not based on me just having energy because I do. It's because of the way I, I live my life. It's the way I structure. It's the way I feed my brain, and I and I, I'm 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 my supporter, right? Um, I want to dig into that actually and go through the practicalities because you know this is this podcast is for people that believe the best investment you can make is into yourself. Yes. What and I, and I, you know, it's so easy to say, give us your one line of advice. I think it's much easier if you break down the practicalities of your day to day. What you know, if you were to give any advice to a twenty-one year old right now that's got the hunger to learn and the appetite to improve themselves, what does that look like? What does goal setting look like in a in a in a morning for you? How yeah. does that work? So I feel like goal setting starts off with just uh, not. I'm gonna say it in a in a general sense. I feel like goal setting is the ability to trick your mind into seeing what the physical and others haven't seen yet and to to exist in it before you get there i think people don't goal set because they think once again logically yes right they think from a logic two plus two equals four so unless i've got the two and the two yeah (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) equals four but they miss they misunderstand the universe they misunderstand you know, the person that's in the taxi that's going to tell you a bit of information you didn't know that's going to link to the other thing you're going to do. So they misunderstand the beauty of everything that conspires to making something work. But in order to do that, and I don't just look at it from a spiritual level, I look at it from a scientific level. We all have an RAS, a reticular activating system in our head. Uh, we see over 2,000 m- or 2 million images in our, in our, in our, pl- in our uh, peripheral view every second. And the way the reticular works, I'm sure it's happened to all of you before, where you where you say to yourself, oh, I want this car. And all of a sudden you see it everywhere, right? Yes. Yeah. That's not magic. That's the no. y- Your reticular sees it as something important. Wow. And you can manipulate your reticular uh, into seeing what you want and bringing more opportunity and more awareness to it. Because it's not that you're seeing the car more, it's just that your awareness has increased. Yeah, I see that actually on your on your Instagram, on one of your, I think it was in your story, you, you visualise, don't you say, you have like a visualisation yeah. board that you look at every yeah. morning and every night so before you b- sleep. But, but it isn't even to look at, it's for the subconscious, because I feel like the way you the reticular works, and this is why I think living a lot more present is important, because when I have goals, for example, and I put them forth, whether it's writing, whether it's subconsciously, whether it's on the forefront, my job isn't to sit there and to look at it it's to find out what today's part is meant to add towards me getting close to it right because i could do this podcast right now mm. and because i'm not aware let's say i'm not aware and you guys invite me i'm like oh blah, 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 this what does this equal this should equal am i getting paid no but i could do this podcast and it could equal to somebody that i don't know you know watching it that then reaches out and then that person knows somebody that does a deal with me that's the deal that changes my life and that's how the res works you have to set the goals but then be aware and that's being aware is to be aware you have to reduce a lot you have to reduce Mm. noise you have to reduce alcohol you have to reduce drugs you have to reduce um um uh, conflict you have to be mindful of your state and that's why what goal setting does is it basically helps you to map out you know what you want both short and long term Mm. and then to break what i didn't work on is creating small incantations which you can affirm every morning you know from the short term to the long term could you just give me a quick example you haven't got to say what they are right now but perhaps a goal that you an affirmation that you've made so i'll give you an example so let's say for example i have a short uh short-term goal i'll do short-term goals two to three months right i'd have a financial goal i'd have a relationship goal i might have a uh health goal and let's say my financial goal is to make 5k a month right mm. so it would be i want to make 5k a month in the next two to three months i want to get uh i want to start to 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 see a, an amazing person yeah um 
I'm the same. I've got that yeah. like relationship with girls. Yeah. There's different empowerment uh, goals I've got exactly. as well. Exactly. I want my mum to be able to go to at least two restaurants a week. I'm just giving it on a simple yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah. Then you have your long term, which would be, you know, I want to have a deposit for my house, which is 30K. Then you have, for example, I want to have a strong relationship. By that time, I want to have, um, you know, be working out full time. I work out four times a, a yeah. week. And what you then do after you've broke those those short and long-term goals is you create inc- incantations which are in the present as if you've already done it. So then it's like money. Uh, so then my first affirmation will be something like money comes to me frequently. I make £10,000 a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, my girlfriend's happy with our relationship and um, and my mum's enjoys the, the, the going to Nobu. <laughs> I'm just yeah. giving an example, right? Yeah. But you just do that subconsciously. So you're, so you're then writing affirming in the present mm. and and then what happens is that um it become you do it in every state you do it when you're happy you do it when you're sad you do it when you're not in the mood to you just do it it's almost like my conditioner so i'm i'm, I'm doing my i do you know three paragraphs of the short term three paragraphs of the long term and then um you know then through that you'll be able to identify you know you can create a vision board which matches the things that you've highlighted in your short and long-term goals but the main thing is that it then puts you in a space where, and I always do an exercise, I say it with a lot of people I work with, like to picture your perfect day. Because what you have to learn to do is to to live in what you aspire to do in your head way before you have. I, I visualized LA way before I got there. Like I visual, I could smell it. I could, I, 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 I lived it. So when I got there, it didn't even feel, it didn't feel strange. It felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing because I visualized. And visualization is so imp- impactful if you do it from a consistent level at a at a present state yeah. and the real the real the real problem is people don't know how to be present silent and alone yeah. right and people are so quick to want to do affirmations or show the world they're doing affirmations or yeah. do goals and show the world they do goals and you know it's it's almost like they want the gratification and it, that and that's the, the beauty i got because i was in those situations alone very early i just learned how to how to get approval for myself like yeah. i'm doing mm-hmm. this this is what i do this is what i'm writing i don't need to t- i mean i could tell my mom i'm to tomorrow, mum, I'm starting a new business venture. She'll be like, let us stop. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she's always that person. So yes. I, like, I know how to navigate around, you know, not looking for the approval or acceptance uh, of other people. And I think that's what we have right now as a society of people that want to get the cosign and the approval, whether it's from a loved one, from a friend, from a family. And I always say like, people believe you more when you're doing it. Mm. And it's fair, right? If, if I've never been a footballer and tomorrow I'm like, hey guys, I'm stopping today. I'm, I'm going to start doing football. They'd be like, huh? Yeah. But then if they see, me, if I don't say it, and they and and, and they mm. see me start to play football every day, like, oh. and then they start to see me playing a game, then well, why are you taking it? And that's the reality. Yeah. But but that's between you and you. And I think that's what goals are. It's between you and you. And it's not a, it's not a matter of how big or small they are, but it's about knowing that you're committed to visualizing and and, wo- and and becoming who you're talking about with yourself, with no one around. So you talked about being present there. Do you have any tips for anybody? How can they start being present? Um, being present is 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 a number of things. Um, I think it's and this is a real thing. And even I work on it. It's it's not easy. But it's like silence. I feel like people wake up and you know turn to their phone. They need music in the background. They need something happening, right? But they misunderstand the impact you can get in understanding how you feel because presence isn't being positive it's just knowing where you're at yeah have i woke up today and i feel a bit down have i woke up today and i feel happy have i woke up and i think being present is is a matter of learning to 
be aware of your state and then developing from them because it's easier the worst thing you can do i think can be the worst thing you can do is mask your state so wake up in the morning mm. you know you're not feeling good but you stick on like this big hip-hop song or this big afro beat and you start dancing but you don't really feel it and then after that you stick a coffee on and then you speed through that and then after that yeah. and before you know it, what happens at like six o'clock that's where people have these anxiety attacks and they get the crashes because it's like you've ignored your state mm. and it would be mm-hmm. better to 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 it's better to kind of slowly understand okay i'm at this moment okay i've wo- okay, woke up i'm in this state okay let me brush my teeth okay and you brush your teeth oh that's a win i've just done something oh, i thought yeah. i couldn't do that five minutes ago oh now let me just make a toast oh i've made a toast and before you know it you start to f- you start to just like waking up you start to wake up so that's really interesting so okay because i it's really it's a really um important thing to go quite slowly on i think the presence thing yeah because People would hear that and go, "All right, so what you just said to me, I make the coffee, and the, but now you're saying I make the coffee, but I'm different." Yeah. The, what I think we were, we were saying there is that you you're making the coffee, you're making yeah. the toast, but you're aware that you're making the coffee yeah. and the toast rather than just fucking doing it and like you're thinking ahead the whole time. I think yeah. What you're again, you're making the the point very clear that as a as a race and a species, we are never bored. Never. We, yeah. And and that's where creativity yeah. happens. If you mm-hmm. ask John Cleese mm-hmm. um, from Forty Towers or whatever it was that he was in. Um, how did you start writing scripts? Mm-hmm. And he'll say, well, what I would do, I'd lock myself in a room with a pen and a pad, yeah. and it would take me about an hour, and I'd sit there and I'd tap away, and I'm like, fucking hell. And then I'd write. Yeah. Because boredom would ensue boredom innovation and creativity. Bonnie exactly. Burr's first album was... Was it really? No way. Yeah. He locked yeah. himself in a cabin in uh, somewhere Sweden. Snow. Like, yeah. no, it was somewhere in America, like Alaska or something. So I love that. For a couple of months, he wrote a whole album. There's a Sick. great book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. your favorite book? Yeah. That's my favorite book. And, or was it that book? No, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't that book. No, it well, that, that is book. my favorite. It book. wasn't <laughs> that book, but I bought those, that book and the other book I'm talking about. I think it was the Miracle, Miracle Fifty Four Street. <laughs> the Miracle. I can't remember <laughs> the name of the book, but long story short, what it says is there's there's, there's a difference between washing your plates and washing your plates. Mm. That's what I talk about being present because it's mm. not about what you're trying to achieve; it's about what's happening, mm. and I that's what. Yeah, I kind of have an issue with the with the plate washing because I think that's always going to be a very boring. No. It, it is. I, I, I get it what you're is, saying, it but it's, it's, it's therapeutic. It, but that's the thing. But it, it's, it's not just me that thinks that. I think no. it, <laughs> I it's it's more of a, it's more of a saying in general. But and I still do it. I'm not, I want to get out of the house. I wash the plate and get it. But it's also at times catching yourself realizing that you're doing something on autopilot, but we're not aware you're doing it because mm. it's the awareness. The the the, po- the bigger point isn't the actual thing. Sure. It's the fact that you're not aware that you're just doing this. Not knowing you're doing it, but you're doing it with the intent of just having it done. Yeah, but you're not yeah, knowing you're doing it. Have you ever just like um, looked at your phone, but don't know you're looking at your phone? Yeah. Yeah. You looked at Instagram, you but you don't yeah, know you're looking at Instagram. All day, every you day, don't even yeah. like. So, I yeah. delete Instagram at least twice a week from my phone and realize that my behavior is to look. And I only realize I'm looking when I don't have it. Like I'm like, oh, like I don't have it, but, but I'm, I'm looking. looking at my phone but you now, don't yeah. realize that behavior mm. when you have it because it's, just you're, it's, it's an action. Habit. It's a habit. habit, and that's yeah. what the, the the point of the thing is. It's not about what the actual thing is, but it's doing things that you don't realize. And it's about being able, being present. Is about realizing you have yes, to know. Yeah. I'm I'm, sure. I'm here right now. I'm sitting down. Am I washing the plate? I'm washing this plate right now. Yeah. I'm not washing it with my music on trying to get that done and get this done as quick as possible because that's that that leaves you no space for thought that mm. leaves you no space for boredom because the boredom is what enables you to go oh all i'm doing is this and then your brain goes oh wh- what about that business idea and this like the other day like i finished my book and i had a I had a day of like no instagram i worked out i had gym book is done called become your own hero again and i literally sat there and i was like and i and i allowed myself to be bored i was like 
oh shit, I've got another chapter. <laughs> and I and I was telling Sarah, I was like, yo, yo, it's Stop done. <laughs> I was like, no, I have to do this. And it just flew out. And it was literally for me being like, I literally made, and it was, and to be fair, the, the day was painful because it was so slow. Yeah. I had no Instagram. I'd worked out. I was done by like 6 p.m. I was done. Like, you know, like, I'm like, what do I do? I don't really want to watch TV. I don't really, and I remember just sitting there like, and then out of that, it flew out. Like it flew. And it was like a story that was so important to me. Like, because, wow. uh, Based on when I was a kid and I used to sell, it was like, sorry, it was about the chapter was sell the uh, sell the shizzle, not the product. And it was a story of when I was in uh, my first proper business was when I was in a uh, secondary school and I used to sell uh, Coca-Cola to the guys that play football when the bell goes um, for double the price from a shop outside the school, yeah. even though the school sells the product in as well. So it was kind of like talking about how it's not about the product, but how yeah. if you position it a certain way, you can still sell it, exactly. even if it exists. And that nice. that that whole chapter came from me be having, yeah. you know, ex and it's, and that's why I say, it's not a full, t I can't be present every day, so no, but it's just finding ways to capture to that moment. That. So if I can do it for that two days or that one day, mm. fine, but let me just try to work on it each week and just have Kind of links to like, like micro, your like little micro goals to lead to your macro goals. Isn't it? Yeah. It's actually funny to say, because my friend actually called me yesterday and he was like, oh, Junior, I know you're quite big on your goal setting and stuff. and I get quite disappointed because he just does macro goals. So he gets his, he does his big goals, but he doesn't have a POA, so plan of action to actually how to get to them. And I said to him, it's actually quite important. The little things you do every week, even mm -hmm. like you said, if it's making a toast or making your bed every morning, that evidently in the end will lead to your macro goals. Yeah. And that gives you that confidence to then go, yeah, I'm going to fucking tackle that macro. Because he, he's scared of disappointment and he's scared of looking at his goals at the end of the year being like, Oh fuck! I've let myself down again. I've lost. I've but lost that's where goals. Are, that's where goals. That's where goals are not. That's the, and that's the thing. I, I think people look at goals from a disciplinary level. Yeah, it's exactly. not. Goal, you're meant to set yourself up to win. Goals are doing like if my goal is to go to the gym, it isn't to go to the gym, and 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 kill it. It's to get up, put my shoes on, and make it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're meant to do goals to gain confidence. Gain, yeah. So you're meant to set goals that enable you have small wins. And then you have, that's why short-term goals, which are, you know, you can achieve. If my goal was to work out four times a week, three times a week, let me just be on the field three times a week. Yeah. I might get there, I might jog, I might walk, yeah. I might do a light session, but that was my goal. It mm. wasn't to what I do there. And I think people make goals this thing where it's a punishment and it's a, a and I think that's conditioning. That's like society. That society teaches mm. you there's a right and there's a wrong. Yeah, that's true. You know? Same um, as education. Well, yeah, so education. There's, yeah, your, yeah. there's your grading again. Yeah. There's your DB, whatever. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's goals are a way of saying what you're going to do and doing it. That yeah. is what a goal and is. That's so interesting because I, I used to say, like, when I used to wake up quite early, so like half five and stuff, but I'd, I'd make it like go to the gym at half five. But I'd know that it's not just about going to the gym, it's about me getting into a habit of waking up early and yeah. then having three hours after the gym of me time. Mm hmm. Of like you know, so you go to gym half. But that's five, but yeah. that's still broader. Yeah. The reality is, as you said, I'm gonna wake up at five a.m. Mm. and you did that. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal done. Yeah. And that's what people don't do. I think people manifest it into being about everything else because if the goals were like that, then it isn't. A, it's it's a bit of a it's like a job, isn't it? But if you make a goal something where it's you can attain it by structuring it into a level where you can at least do it at the most minimal, mm. whether that was me arriving at the gym. And I did a 10 minute workout. I didn't do a 50 minute or 30 minute, but I arrived. And that's what people, I think, they, they complicate goals. And goals goals are to win. Goals are supposed to be your form of being like, I said that and I did that. Mm. Yeah. And each and as you get more confident, you can then shoot for the bigger goals. But you're supposed to build the confidence. You're not meant to start and be like, 
I have no business making money. I'm going to make 100 grand next week. No, it doesn't. <laughs> end of the month, it doesn't work like that. Like maybe you just need to make 500 pounds, you know, and, and, and figure it start, start at a number that you can just at least win at. And people aren't programmed to let themselves win. They program to either give themselves adversity mm. or to make it torture. And that's what goals are not. It's about finding a way to, to structure what you want at a level you can achieve and getting confidence to the point you can start to say, oh, I did that and I did that and it worked. Maybe I can do that. Mm. And that's what goals for me personally are about. It's about being able to sure. to, to, to win. That. With um uh, just the time being yeah, on, I mean, the, on the right side. I wanted to know we have a we have a, a, a sort of stage question that we always ask about the room for the twenty one year olds. But imagine I'm gonna ask it. Imagine <laughs> if you had a megaphone and you had three hundred thirsty to learn wonderful 21 year olds in the room why is it always 21 because i think that's the age where things are very different and pinnacle um and i think that's where a lot of your you, you've made a few mistakes and you're ready to do stuff <laughs> what would you say it could be in a sentence it could be 300 things if you want but what would you say to that room of people if they all wanted to have the same sort of success just start powerful powerful we're gonna put a full stop there full stop nice I Do like you, that. So on that, so previously you mentioned how back when you started, entrepreneurship was quite, it wasn't fashionable, it wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree it's definitely gone to the other side oh, of the spectrum, whoa. 100%. Do you think then entrepreneurs are made? Because I feel like your story shows that you were always an entrepreneur. I know you didn't want to put that title mm -hmm. on yourself, but I think you've had a lot of business experience trying so many different random things. And I think that to me is what an entrepreneur is. And mm -hmm. I don't really have that background. I mean, we're only really just coming into it now mm. in our mid-twenties. So do you think entrepreneurship is in your DNA or do you think that it's it can be picked up during your life experiences? Uh, I don't think it's DNA, no. Because I think entrepreneurship is learning that none of us know what we're doing mm. and realizing that everyone has a confidence face. I mean, I know people that have done it the right way. They've gone to school. Uh, got the grades, work in a bank and make 100,000 a year and do coke every weekend and <laughs> don't know when their next holiday is because they've blown it. So I don't think it's about there being a right and a wrong way, but I do think, I, I personally feel like people don't, um, an entrepreneur believes in who they are. And the second you start to believe in who you are is the second you realize your capability and that there isn't actually a limit. And that's the only thing that, quote unquote, the spirit of an entrepreneur, I think, lives lives within. Just realizing that it's okay to learn and this is a process. It's a process for us to, to get feedback, not failure. It's a process for us to feel uncertain. Even people that have certain jobs have uncertainty. You know, I don't know one CEO that doesn't think about the idea of them losing their position in a company. I don't know one person that has a business that doesn't think about their business going down. Mm. So we, all of us are on the same plate. It's just about w what, w what part of it you want to control and how far you want to take it. Mm. But it's definitely not DNA because DNA would mean that, and I've seen it happen to people, I've seen people become business people that didn't mean to. They've become business people because they were f at the right time, at the right place, a friend was there, there was a deal and it just happens. So I don't think it's a DNA, but I just do, th I think, the people that you realize become entrepreneurs are people that realize that there's more and you can't fight it. Mm. Yeah, I guess on that, I feel that 
people can fall into business and they can have successful businesses, but I think there could be potentially a threshold where you might I can't be asked to do this anymore. Do you? Th- yeah. Do you? Do you, have you? Do you still wake up hungry every day, trying to improve your business, moving on to the next things? Or a hundred percent. But I think it's like it's the same as asking somebody that's employed. Do they? Wa- I think we. Ought, like, it's a, it's just it's the same situation in a different suit for everyone, and the reality is is do I prefer to be stressed about the unknown or do I prefer to be in the know of something I'm not happy about? Mm. And it's they're two the same level of stress. Sure. But which one do I prefer? The unknown, at least. I mean, I could end up in LA tomorrow. Yeah. I could end up broke tomorrow. But I could end up in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I can end up with a fixed salary in this room, scared every year that my bonus isn't the right yeah. level and that they might sack me because I'm just a number. Yeah. I can't. I I'm that's at this point that terrifies me. It must be very scary. That's now like. As well. I mean, being broke is is business. It's like. After you've had money and lost money, it becomes like you realize that it's money isn't dictated. It's like the stock market; like it changes every day. You know, it can be Jeff Bezos, and then it could be Bill Gates. It's like that's money; it flows. So if I let money be divorced, yeah. So exactly, you could get a divorce. (laughs) Yeah, you see. So (laughs) so if you let money dictate your 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 the only place money dictates your status is in a job, but in the free world, it doesn't because. I can still come out and have a conversation with you and have a bad day financially, but that doesn't mean tomorrow I can't have two more meetings and turn that into a great day. So it's it's like the stock market, you know, the the the, the business world is it's up, it's down, but accepting that and then realizing that at least if I'm having a bad day, it can be great two days from now. Mm. And I don't know how, and that's a beautiful thing. We don't know how. We want to know how, but we don't know. No. But if I have a fixed thing, I do know I have to work the rest of the year, suck a few more people's, uh, praise some more people and be like, oh, I love this boss. And then hopefully get the pay rise, which they probably won't give me. Mm. But with the freedom, yes, you wake up stressed. You wake up sometimes not in the mood, but tomorrow is a whole other day. And that's what I've learned. The beauty is, the biggest beauty is tomorrow is another day. Wow, I like this. I like that actually. And that's quite a nice place to end, I think, because the theme for me, certainly after chatting to you, feels like, you are completely accepting, again, I say it quite a few times about the ambiguity, but I'll leave you with this quote, Leonard, that great human achievements come from venturing into the unknown. Like Love that. it. Thank you very much. Um, anything else from you guys? or are we? Uh, it's quite a big part in question. Go on we then. wrote it down. Okay. If you feel comfortable saying, what is your biggest fear? quite random to frighten now. Especially after my, I just did a loop there. Yeah. Right? It reminds me of the uh, Coach Carter. He's like, what is your yeah. deepest my fear? My biggest fear is that we're not in that one. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my biggest fear, I actually know it. I think I know what it is. My biggest fear. Sharks. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, very, it's a very interesting one. My biggest fear is leaving this earth and not making a shift. Mm. Like, like leaving the earth and people not getting my existence not like not not realizing the spark I was trying to leave that's my that's mm. my my biggest fear so that's what keeps me up that's what makes me go oh, damn like and you know as you, as you get older you start to see more deaths and things like that so I'm like listen I need to make uh that that impact and that shift nice nice Leonard thank you so much for joining yeah, us thank today you. Um, it's been wonderful speaking to you. And today. 
If you want to follow Leonard and learn more about my come up, please follow him at at, at Leonard Sekionda. That's L E O N A R D S E K Y O N D A. And my come up, you can search me as well if you have a my come up plus account uh, under Leonard Sekionda. Um, I think I'm we also online. need to link your old stuff in our in our caption as well. I want to see nice. some of that. Absolutely, Leonard Emmanuel. Philippines. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh Leonard yeah, you, uh, <laughs> and you can find all that on YouTube. So just write Leonard Sekionda. Uh, Philippines will come up. Can we get the picture that you sent <laughs> of the white guy on Skype? Or you not? can get that. I forgot that. I've got the picture and the banner, in fact, of what, what it turned into. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Peace out. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Goodbye. Thanks for listening guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.